1 Samuel 25 Then Samuel died, and all Israel gathered together and mourned for him, and buried him at his house in Ramah. David arose and went down to the wilderness of Paran. Now there was a man in Man whose business was in Carmel. And the man was very rich, and he had three thousand sheep and a thousand goats. And it came about while he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. Now the man's name was Nabal, and his wife's name was Abigail. And the woman was intelligent and beautiful in appearance, but the man was harsh and evil in his dealings, and he was a Calebite. Then David heard in the wilderness that Nabal was shearing his sheep. So David sent ten young men, and David said to the young men, Go up to Carmel, visit Nabal, and greet him in my name, and thus you shall say, Have a long life, peace be to you, and peace be to your house, and peace be to all that you have. Now I have heard that you have shearers. Now your shepherds have been with us, and we have not insulted them, nor have they missed anything all the days that they were in Carmel. Ask your young men, and they will tell you. Therefore let my young men find favor in your eyes, for we have come out on a festive day. Please give whatever you find on hand to your servants and to your son David. When David's young men came, they spoke to Nabal according to all these words in David's name, and they waited. But Nabal answered David's servant and said, Who is David, and who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants today who are each breaking away from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat that I have slaughtered for my shearers and give it to men whose origin I do not know? So David's young men retraced their way and went back, and then they came and told him according to all these words. David said to his men, Each of you gird his sword. So each man girded his sword, and David also girded his sword, and about four hundred men went up behind David, while two hundred stayed with the baggage. But one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, Behold, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master, and he scorned them. Yet the men were very good to us, and we were not insulted, nor did we miss anything as long as we went about with them while we were in the fields. They were a wall to us both by night and by day, all the time that we were tending the sheep. Now therefore know and consider what you should do, for the evil is plotted out against our master and against all his household, and he is such a worthless man that no one can speak to him. Then Abigail hurried and took two hundred loaves of bread and two jugs of wine and five sheep already prepared and five measures of roasted grain and a hundred clusters of raisins and two hundred cakes of figs and loaded them on donkeys. She said to her young men, Go on before me. Behold, I am coming after you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. It came about as she was riding on her donkey and coming down by the hidden part of the mountain that, behold, David and his men were coming down toward her, so she met them. Now David had said, Surely in vain I have guarded all that this man has in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed of all that belonged to him, and he has returned me evil for good. May God do so to the enemies of David, and more also if by morning I leave as much as one male of any who belonged to him. When Abigail saw David, she hurried and dismounted from her donkey, and fell on her face before David, and bowed herself to the ground. She fell at his feet and said, On me alone, my lord, be the blame. And please let your maidservant speak to you and listen to the words of your maidservant. Please do not let my lord pay attention to this worthless man Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name and folly is with him. But I, your maidservant, did not see the young men of my lord whom you sent. Now therefore, my lord, as the lord lives and as your soul lives, since the lord has restrained you from shedding blood and from avenging yourself by your own hand, now then let your enemies and those who seek evil against my lord be as Nabal. 
Now let this gift which your maidservant has brought to my Lord be given to the young men who accompany my Lord. Please forgive the transgression of your maidservant, for the Lord will certainly make for my Lord an enduring house, because my Lord is fighting the battles of the Lord, and evil will not be found in you all your days. Should anyone rise up to pursue you and to seek your life, then the life of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of the living with the Lord your God. But the lives of your enemies he will sling out as from the hollow of a sling. And when the Lord does for my Lord according to all the good that he has spoken concerning you, and he appoints you ruler over Israel, this will not cause grief or a troubled heart to my Lord, both by having shed blood without cause and by my Lord having avenged himself. When the Lord deals well with my Lord, then remember your maidservant. Then David said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who sent you this day to meet me, and blessed be your discernment, and blessed be you who have kept me this day from bloodshed and from avenging myself by my own hand. Nevertheless, as the Lord God of Israel lives, who has restrained me from harming you, unless you had come quickly to meet me, surely there would not have been left to Nabal until morning light as much as one male. So David received from her hand what she had brought him and said to her, Go up to your house in peace. See, I have listened to you and granted your request. Then Abigail came to Nabal, and behold, he was holding a feast in his house like the feast of a king. And Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunk. So she did not tell him anything at all until the morning light. But in the morning, when the wine had gone out of Nabal, his wife told him these things, and his heart died within him, so that he became as a stone. About ten days later, the Lord struck Nabal, and he died. When David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hands of Nabal and kept back his servant from evil. The Lord also has returned the evil doing of Nabal on his own head. Then David sent a proposal to Abigail to take her as his wife. When the servants of David came to Abigail at Carmel, they spoke to her, saying, David has sent us to you to take you as his wife. She arose and bowed down with her face to the ground and said, Behold, your maidservant is a maid to wash the feet of my lord's servants. Then Abigail quickly arose and rode on a donkey with her five maidens who attended her, and she followed the messengers of David and became his wife. David had also taken Ahinoam of Jezreel, and they both became his wives. Now Saul had given Michael, his daughter, David's wife, to Palti, son of Laish, who was from Galim. 1 Chronicles 7 Now the sons of Issachar were four, Tola, Pua, Jashub, and Shimron. The sons of Tola were Uzi, Rephiah, Jariel, Jemai, Ibsam, and Samuel, heads of their father's households. The sons of Tola were mighty men of valor in their generations. Their number in the days of David was 22,600. The son of Uzi was Isriah, and the sons of Isriah were Michael, Obadiah, Joel, Ishiah. All five of them were chief men. With them by their generations, according to their father's household, were 36,000 troops of the army of war, for they had many wives and sons. Their relatives among all the families of Issachar were mighty men of valor, enrolled by genealogy, in all, 87,000. The sons of Benjamin were three, Bela and Beker and Jadale. The sons of Bela were five, Esben, Uzi, Uziel, Jeremoth, and Eri. They were heads of fathers' households, mighty men of valor, and were 22,034 enrolled by genealogy. The sons of Beker were Zemirah, Joash, 
Eliezer, Elioni, Omri, Jeremoth, Abijah, Anathoth, and Elameth. All these were the sons of Beker. They were enrolled by their genealogy according to their generation, heads of their father's households, 20,200 mighty men of valor. The son of Jedael was Bilhan, and the sons of Bilhan were Jaish, Benjamin, Ehud, Kananah, Zethan, Tarshish, and Ashiahar. All these were the sons of Jedael, according to the heads of their father's households, 17,200 mighty men of valor, who were ready to go out with the army to war. Shupim and Hupim were the sons of Ir. Hushim was the son of Aher. The sons of Naphtali were Jaziel, Guni, Jezer, and Shalom, the sons of Bilhah. The sons of Manasseh were Azrael, whom his Aramean concubine bore. She bore Machir, the father of Gilead. Machir took a wife for Hupim and Shupim, whose sister's name was Makkah. And the name of the second was Zelophehad, and Zelophehad had daughters. Makkah, the wife of Machir, bore a son, and she named him Peresh. And the name of his brother was Sheresh, and his sons were Ulam and Rikim. The son of Ulam was Bedan. These were the sons of Gilead, the son of Machir, the son of Manasseh. His sister Hamaleketh bore Ishhad and Ebiezer and Mala. The sons of Shemida were Ihan and Shechem and Leki and Anaim. The sons of Ephraim were Shuthalah and Bered his son, Tehath his son, Eliada his son, Tehath his son, Zabad his son, Shuthalah his son, and Ezer and Iliad whom the men of Gath who were born in the land killed because they came down to take their livestock. Their father, Ephraim, mourned many days, and his relatives came to comfort him. Then he went in to his wife, and she conceived and bore a son, and he named him Bariah, because misfortune had come upon his house. His daughter was Shira, who built lower and upper Beth Horon, also Uzan Shira. Repha was his son, along with Reshaph, Tila his son, Tahan his son, Laden his son, Amahud his son, Elishima his son, Non his son, and Joshua his son. Their possessions and settlements were Bethel with its towns, and to the east Naran, to the west Gezer with its towns, and Shechem with its towns, as far as Io with its towns, and along the borders of the sons of Manasseh, Bethshean with its towns, Tanakh with its towns, Megiddo with its towns, Dor with its towns. In these lived the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel. The sons of Asher were Imna, Ishva, Ishvi, and Bariah, and Sarah their sister. The sons of Bariah were Heber and Malkiel, who was the father of Birzath. Heber became the father of Japhlet, Shomer, and Hotham, and Shua their sister. The sons of Japhlet were Pasach, Bimhal, and Ashvath. These were the sons of Japhlet. The sons of Shemer were Ahi, Roga, Jehuba, and Aram. The sons of his brother Helam were Zophah, Imna, Shelesh, and Amal. The sons of Zophah were Sua, Harnefer, Shuel, Beri, Emra, Bezer, Hod, Shama, Shilsha, Ithrain, and Bira. The sons of Jether were Jephuna, Pispa, and Ara. The sons of Ula were Ara, Haniel, and Rizia. All these were the sons of Asher, heads of their father's houses choice and mighty men of valor, heads of the princes, and the number of them enrolled by genealogy for service in war was 26,000 men. Acts 17 
Now when they had traveled through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And according to Paul's custom, he went to them, and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and giving evidence that Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, This Jesus, who I am proclaiming to you, is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, along with a larger number of the God-fearing Greeks and a number of leading women. But the Jews, becoming jealous and taking along some wicked men from the marketplace, formed a mob and set the city in an uproar. And attacking the house of Jason, they were seeking to bring them out to the people. When they did not find them, they began dragging Jason and some brethren before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have upset the world have also come here. And Jason has welcomed them, and they all act contrary to the decree of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. They stirred up the crowds and the city authorities who heard these things. And when they had received a pledge from Jason and the others, they released them. The brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea, and when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Now these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Therefore many of them believed, along with a number of prominent Greek women and men. But when the Jews of Thessalonica found out that the word of God had been proclaimed by Paul in Berea also, they came there as well, agitating and stirring up the crowds. Then immediately the brethren sent Paul out to go as far as the sea, and Silas and Timothy remained there. Now those who escorted Paul brought him as far as Athens, and receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, they left. Now while Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit was being provoked within him as he was observing the city full of idols. So he was reasoning in the synagogue with the Jews, the God-fearing Gentiles, and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be present. And also some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers were conversing with him. Some were saying, What would this idle babbler wish to say? Others, He seems to be a proclaimer of strange deities, because he was preaching Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new teaching is which you are proclaiming? For you are bringing some strange things to our ears, so we want to know what these things mean. Now all the Athenians and the strangers visiting there used to spend their time in nothing other than telling or hearing something new. So Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I observe that you are very religious in all respects. For while I was passing through and examining the objects of your worship, I also found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. Therefore what you worship in ignorance, this I proclaim to you, The God who made the world and all things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed time and the boundaries of their habitation, that they would seek God, if perhaps they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and exist, as even some of your own poets have said, for we also are his children. Being then the children of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and thought of man. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, 
God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent, because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. Now when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some began to sneer, but others said, We shall hear you again concerning this. So Paul went out of their midst. But some men joined him and believed, among whom were also were Dionysius the Areopagite, and the woman named Damaris, and others with them.